0: Hi, welcome to People Unplugged, the podcast from the creative team at People Unboxed. During each show, we aim to spend no more than 30 minutes taking a deep dive into anything and everything L&D, what's hot and what's not, the latest trends and thought leadership, the technology we're using to help learning stick, and of course, expert interviews with the key people within the learning industry. I'm your host, Paul Westlake, so let's get started. So to help me understand the challenges that L&D teams have faced in the recent times, I'm really pleased to be joined this month by Lorraine Tom, Learning and Development Lead at Dr. Martins. Good morning, Lorraine. How are you? Morning, Paul. I'm very well, thank you. Fantastic. Good to see you. So uh, perhaps you'd like to introduce yourself. I mean, I've just said who you are, but maybe tell us a bit about your work history, the journey you've been on to get to the position you are now. And uh, yeah, over to you.
1: Yeah, um, so I currently work at Dr. Martens and I've been here coming up to three years. Um, And before that, my whole career was at McDonald's. Um, So 22 years I had uh, working for McDonald's, came out fresh out of university. Um, I did a psychology degree, degree, which I'm not quite sure whether that helps or or not, but um, went in as a training manager, spent 10 years working in the stores, uh, and then was really lucky to get a secondment in the training team, uh, in around 2006. Um, and yeah, 15 years later, no regrets on looking back, uh, across all our time working in, in various different kind of roles that have always had a, either directly in a training team or had a link to, um, largely a training role. Um, and then within that as well, I had, um, really really fortunate to be one of two people from mcdonald's who um went to work on the london olympics um in 2012 um so that was fantastic but still under the under the umbrella of mcdonald's um, and i went back um to, to what i knew um but then the role at McDonald's was made redundant, uh, and I took that as an opportunity to to go off and try something new. And my God, what a what a change it's been!
0: <laughs> oh, well, we'll come. Yeah, we'll come to that in a minute. I'm sure it's been totally different in terms of sort of brands and and you know just your whole approach to things. So we'll look at that and we'll dig deep into that. Just uh, picking up any and you may have already have answered. I forgot about the Olympics thing, of course. But so is that? Would you say that's been your proudest moment in your career so far, or is there something else that might spring to mind?
1: I am really proud of it. Um, At the time, I just, didn't really see it as as the big thing that everybody else sort of takes it to be. Um, I'm not particularly sporty. um, You know, I'm not from London. I'm from the Northeast of England. Um, So had I not been in London, I don't think I would have paid as much interest, but while I was here, I thought it'd be great if I got the opportunity to be in London when the Olympics was on. And then I managed to get an opportunity to work on it. So it was a fantastic experience, but I've had other successes, I think in learning and development that, um, yeah, happened in McDonald's and here at Dr. Martin's.
0: And just to just finish that bit off, because I'm sure people are, what do you mean you worked at the Olympics? So you obviously weren't training athletes. So who who were you training? What training were you giving those people?
1: Yeah, so I took a job as an instructional designer. So I was working within the HR team. And my role varied across the, it was just short of two years, so my role varied across that time. Started out uh, designing the um, Games Maker Orientation. So that was the sort of big event that everybody attended. So it was over 100,000 volunteers, paid staff, contractors. Um, so I was involved in that piece of the project. And then I also developed some um, specific role training and venue training for different functional areas in the business. So that would be, you know, I worked with the ticketing team. I worked with the technology team. So it was de- it was designing their training for their their volunteers and and staff. And then uh, it transitioned into supporting the volunteers delivering event leadership training. Um, I was there through the sponsorship through McDonald's. So that was held at um, the head office in in Finchley. Um, so that was fantastic to sort of see volunteers training or the volunteers um, on content that had been designed in our team. And then it moved on to uh, a games role. So I was really lucky to be based at the water park. Um, so the water polo arena, diving, swimming. Um, and I was sort of operations manager. So seeing the volunteers that we'd been training, coming in to do their actual job.
0: So before we dive deep into how you've tackled the L and D challenges that I've I've no doubt you've met over the last, we'll say twelve to eighteen months or so. Um, I just wanted to chat, if I can, a little bit about the Dr. Martins brand itself. I mean, I captive audience, I've got someone from Dr. Martins here. I don't have this opportunity every day. It feels to me like a a remarkable transformation that just keeps evolving as a brand itself. So I'm, I'm, as you know, I live in, in Bedfordshire, and, and I think the original Dr. Martin's factory is just up the road here in Northampton. And when I think of Dr. Martin's, I think of work boots. I did think of work boots. I think that was, what, some 60 years or so ago, and now here we are, sort of six decades later, and you seem to have transformed this global, iconic, I would say, fashion brand rather than, 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 a, than a work brand. I mean, both my doors have a number of pairs of boots and shoes in all manner of colours, and... And I think it's amazing they can wear those things to school, but equally acceptable when we go to a restaurant or when we go walking on weekends. And But in another way, it all seems very familiar. You know, everything's got the yellow stitching on here, for example. So has there been a conscious effort to sort of transform and try to expand the customer base? Or has that just happened?
1: No, absolutely a conscious effort. I mean, it's fascinating. Um, when I was looking for a different company to work for, I, I knew I was looking for something like a sort of big brand, bit of heritage, you know, that's that's McDonald's, that's the Olympics, it's kind of what I like. Um, so I was really attracted to it for that. It's it's a, a brand that I've known about since my days at university when I had a, a pair, um, but, but a, a brand that's probably been off my radar for a while. And coming in and seeing... Um, how how different it is compared to that perception I had when I just thought, oh, a job at Dr. Martin's, that looks interesting. Um, so, and then you kind of find out what's happened over over the last decade, I suppose. So, yeah, we're a, we're a sixty year old brand. We've just last year celebrated the you know the anniversary, of the birth, sixtieth birthday of the fourteen sixty hour iconic boot. This year is all about the uh, anniversary of the fourteen sixty one, which is the iconic shoe. Um, but the company started out as yeah a family-run business in Northampton. And it wasn't until 2014 when a private equity firm came in and bought the company from the family, from the Griggs family. And since then, yeah, the, the growth has been unbelievable um, and we're still on a, tr- a trajectory of, of, of massive growth it's been fantastic but what it's spent for the business is um yeah turning it from not just wholesale but wholesale retail e-com so we're a multi-channel uh brand the range of product that we have is just you know it's in the hundreds uh globally uh, we've got you know the, the original factory producing made in England in Northampton we've got factories around Asia and we've got you know The business is booming in in APAC, in in EMEA and in Americas as well. So, you know, stores are opening. Ecom is just where, you know, really seen us through lockdown, really kept the business going. Um, I think when I joined, I thought it was a well-established brand, therefore a well-established organization behind the scenes. And what I found was, yeah, we are still pretty new. We are still setting things up in a lot of ways. Um, so that was the stark contrast from mcdonald's to dr martin's was going from such a such a structured established uh sort of um very processed in terms of l and d very you know lots of programs in place come into uh dr martin's where yeah we we we're just implementing things at the moment
0: <laughs> what a fantastic time to be be involved though yeah so so just just a couple of more just on the business before we move on to the you know the the more i say the more training stuff if you like so is is UK still your primary market or have you or there you have mentioned sort of asia and apac and all of it. what what are the biggest markets for dr martins now
1: yeah it's not um, primarily uk anymore like the, the growth that we're seeing and the opportunity still to have um certainly across you know places like china we've there's, there's so much scope for growth in in china um you see that reflected in the products that we sell there's a lot of inspiration and and coming from you know collaborations with other companies partners across across the globe um so we probably in terms of retail certainly there's there's very little scope for growth in the uk we've got a store in every major city so you know where else could could dr martin's really live um but yeah across countries in EMEA, opening up in places like italy um and across the americas and pack that's where we are really seeing uh, big growth but e is um is playing a huge part across the world
0: fantastic and and you talk about that sort of growth and you know room for growth and, and what what comes next um one of my daughters is um vegetarian and uh, you know she, she we, we were just in one of the, the stores in Rushton Lakes up the road here um and she's there's a whole range of sort of leather free products now sort of bags boots shoes the, the the whole lot so do you see vegan boots and shoes replacing the classic dr martins at some stage or is that just a start as a bit of a sideline
1: um, yeah, I don't think it will ever replace it. It's there as a as a product for those who want it, and it's you know they're, they're fantastic. It's super comfortable. You know, you've heard the stories about breaking in. Uh, Doctor Martins can be a, a little bit of an arduous task, and you don't get that with things like the softer leathers or or with vegan. So there's a real benefit to having uh, that range, and um, our you know corporate social responsibility credentials are, pr- are pretty strong, and we're doing what we can uh, in that field of you know sustainability. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's just another branch of uh, offering to our consumers what they what they're asking for and what they what they want from a, a brand like ours.
0: So you've already alluded to the huge range of products and an historical company background as well. So I'm intrigued to hear about how you impart all of that knowledge on your staff and how you transfer all that knowledge to them. So that I guess you must want them to sort of live those sort of values too right so how, how does that work so maybe let's consider a, a new starter maybe someone who's going to be working in in one of your stores um what does their training plan look like
1: yeah it's really quite fascinating because we've still got so much that I would personally want to establish and and make sure we've got that consistency across all of our stores operating in all of our markets. Um, But but today that's not the case. So when I came into the company and asked, you know, what 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 training is in place at the moment? What have we got in place around uh, leadership development? The answer I got was, you know, nothing or very little. So you know, the guys are doing a really good job in their own individual stores, um, but there isn't a consistent sort of training approach across our retail. Um, estate. Um, We recruit people with experience from other retailers. So, a store manager coming in to open a new store, for example, would already be bringing experience from um, a previous role in a previous company. Um, Of course, we've got things that we provide in terms of information, but but from my perspective, I have little involvement in that area. Um, it's, it's, not a, it's not where my role was designed to kind of support uh, directly. Um, and I think we will get to a place um, fairly soon in, in each of the regions where they're looking to have somebody who looks after retail training. Um, but that being said... Um, Last year, I did get the opportunity to take one of the store managers from the Camden store uh, and bring him into our team. Uh, And he is specifically uh, looking after product uh, training for the business. Huge emphasis on retail. Um, But yeah, year in, he's really been focused on getting some of the sort of higher level messaging around product into our store environment. So helping people understand the strategy behind the products for each season, um, starting to deliver some consistent inductions virtually. Um, So, we're in early days of supporting that retail training on specifically product, uh, but the teams also reach out to other partners to get things like sales leadership training um, um, and technology training on some of the systems that they have to use in the store. but yeah, not not something that I'm directly involved in. But we um, we are definitely uh, improving what we offer in terms of product, increasing product knowledge.
0: And What about more some of the more I, I guess I call it technical training? So people making boots in the factories, for example, do they do they do they have a totally different um, training path, or are you are you involved in any of that stuff?
1: Yeah, I'm not involved in it. They have um, an apprenticeship program for. Um, yeah, footwear apprentices to come in and, and work in the factory. Um, there's a solid base of people who've been around for years. Um, you know, who've worked and, and did would have known the Griggs family um, from back in the day. So, um, I mean, it's a fantastic place to go and visit the um, the, the original factory. Uh, and you can see, you know, as you walk around and you see all the different areas. Um, yeah, I'd love to get in and have a go. But yeah, I'm not involved in um, how to, how how you. Um, welt uh, the shoes together how you stitch the leather you know that's it's very much a, an industry led um program that they have to uh, really own up there so so no not something i'm involved in but it's uh, second to none quality is fantastic and it shows in our
0: in the product it has to be a sort of an, uh, an apprenticeship sort of led thing is it, like you say those people have got years of experience you can't teach someone that experience with a piece of e-learning for example you know you've got to watch that person and that person gets out you know it's, it's great that that's sort of being passed down so going back to you the, the shop staff so you said there's nothing specifically in place or nothing consistently in place I, I think was was what we said there and I just think of the challenge that most retail environments face when it comes to training and that is I'm I'm assuming you don't want to drag the people off the shop floor and sit behind a PC to do a ton of e-learning, anyway. Surely the other, their their primary task is to be there and uh, and reassure the customers that they're 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 buying in the right thing and you know and sharing their knowledge and all of that good stuff. So, assuming that you're now in a position where you can start to mould that a little bit and some of that shop training, how how do you go about building that in into sort of a blend that keeps people on the shop floor but at the same time offers them the training that they need?
1: Yeah, I think it really relies on a mix of um, uh, different types of learning. So um, I'm a huge advocate for blended learning and that would always be the route that I would I would ask people to go. Um, I mean, the guys in the store have got super passionate and they are absolute fans of Dr. Martin's. Right. So they come in already with a huge amount of knowledge about the product and the brand um, and they are yeah enthusiastic and. You know, they, they just love us. So um, so that, that really shows in in how they train up their teams. We have a lot of products and they're all built off basically the same sort of footprint, for want of a better word. So there are a lot of similarities. And I think that's the complexity of learning all of that knowledge about the product. So what is the boot? What's it called? What is the fit like? What is the leather? How do you look after the leather? So it's all in a very similar fit, like arena. um. And uh, I think that would be yeah, it's quite quite challenging as a new starter to get your head around all of the, the stuff that looks the same, sounds the same, but it is slightly different in some way. You know, we've um, we've we did do a trial of Memory Box. Uh, with retail and they absolutely loved it. And that's because it is, it is ideal for their environment. It's ideal for them to just dip in um, and do these very, you know, we talk about bite-sized learning all the time, but often bite size means 5, 10, 15 minutes, where actually it's more like they need just one or two minutes that they can just soak something up really quickly and get back to it. So I think on the shop floor, it's a lot of reinforcement. They are doing the same thing over and over again with, with different customers. They're looking at the same products over and over again. And it's it's all sort of there in in the um, for them to get their hands on. Um, so yeah, they, it's not ideal for them to be taken away from the floor and to spend loads of time not in that environment. They need to learn on the floor, and we need to provide them ways in which they can do that better. So whether it's a quick a quick card that they can reference, or it's something that you know they can get on technology in their hand very easily um but also we can't take away that um you know one-to-one experience somebody guiding them through um and really sharing and imparting the knowledge and experience they have um about the brand and about the products
0: Now you did mention memory box there, and I was obviously keen to hear your thoughts about memory box. Um before we do that, I I guess before we dig too far into that, for listeners who aren't aware what memory box is, it's um it's our micro learning app that utilises space repetition to sort of help embed learning. And People Unbox Founders, uh Tony and Joe, took a deep dive into memory box on our first podcast. So uh I'll I'll add a link to that in the show notes so you can hear more about the AI magic in the background and what it does and all that good stuff. But back to sort of maybe how you used memory box and how dr martin sort of um made use of that so can you take us through maybe what initially attracted you to it and maybe what problem you were trying to solve maybe we've already touched on the problem i don't know
1: knowing one that we had nothing in place um really consistency consistently across all of our stores so there was a real need for what can we what can we bring into the business that would be that would provide that element of consistency because I guess if you don't have that consistency you run into the danger of um, people believing that they know certain things to be true when actually they've just heard it on the grapevine or it's a myth that's cascaded throughout time so um I know from working with the global product team, they want the people in the stores to be conveying certain messaging about the products. And and often it gets lost along the way. So it was a a definite sort of need to find something where we could give everybody the same correct um, up-to-date knowledge that we want everybody to have. So that was one thing. Another thing was um, wanting to, you know, we are 60 years old, but we are quite a modern and progressive company. So it was, how do we, bring technology into um, the workplace for across the business, not just in retail, but how can we introduce technology and try to fit it into our, our, our work? Uh, rather than having to find time for learning. Um, And again, within retail, I think that the spaced repetition element, this reinforcement, constant reinforcement of the same thing to to make sure that it becomes embedded knowledge, not just something that, you know, you are going to be calling on it all the time and you need to call on it in the moment when you've got a customer in front of you. So um, I think that all of those things kind of came together very nicely and neatly in the product um, of memory box. Um and yeah, I was a little hesitant hesitant to see to understand how it would land in, in Dr. Martins. I was pretty new into the business and didn't know um so much about the ways of working, especially in retail um but it was it was fantastic to see how they embraced it and you know we did a trial and for for all sorts of reasons we haven't been able to take it any further forward at this point in time, but they are constantly asking for it <laughs> 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 when, when are we going to bring it back when can we have it again that was great right. what's happened with memory blocks why are not we why aren't we doing that again so there is a definite need it seemed to fit what they were looking for and um, they were calling out, you know, it's, it's in some ways very hard to quantify the immediate impact of it onto the onto the consumer. But the, there was a brilliant example of um, a store that was running out of, or actually a group of stores that was running out of insoles, because we'd kind of added some questions in about insoles. And obviously, through their knowledge, they were then start to, to be sell able to that, com- yeah. confidently talk about it with their customer. So, um, so yeah, I mean, anecdotal, but there's no denying it was kind of in this one group, this this happened. Um, so, yeah, I, I really hope that we can get to a place very soon where we can come back to it and bring it back in um, because it seems to be the way to go. And I think it's got scope beyond product training in retail as well. I mean, we need to get beyond this one-time sort of intervention that we bring in to deploy something. Yeah, it's the the fact that we're forgetting quite a lot of stuff in this very busy business that we work in.
0: A couple of things there for me, and and, and where I think in particular it was, it's a really nice fit is that. We- you've got people with, with, you've already alluded to it, people with a lot of experience in the stores and already know, you know, maybe people that are very established in the stores and know are passionate about the brand and they know a lot about the brand, they know about each of the range of shoes. But then equally, you've got someone who may be on their third or fourth week and and, and don't know so much. And I think part of the beauty of Memory Box is that it will learn very quickly what knowledge you've already got. So it's not going to sheep dip everyone through the same, you know, so your experienced people are possibly learning something new. And like, as you said, when we added in insoles, it is that whole thing about it. Just proves if someone's knowledgeable about something, they're more confident to sell it, you know. And we, it, it it's really nice that we can have that as a a focused area within Memory Box to say, you know, here's the new um, autumn trends, or here's here's our new range of I don't know, new order collaboration boots, or whatever it may be, and you know, and that those people are, are getting that. Knowledge. That's fantastic. The, the the other thing there that um I will sort of come back to you on if I can. Um, the target audience she said was shop workers. Do you think it's the sort of product that suits that really well, or are there other cases do you think where maybe Memory Box might be a good fit?
1: Yeah, we we're making use of it as well in the first time manager program. Um, so yeah, I think it's uh, a and, and this is the conversation I've had with uh, you know my uh, my line manager and the leadership in in the HR team around how useful it would be in all sorts of different areas. We want people to, you know, we're introducing a lot of new stuff for the first time into the business. And a lot of that is coming for, for many people all at the same time. Uh, and it's just too much to kind of carry around in your head. Something's going to get forgotten along the way. So, you know, we we want people to truly understand our, you know, fundamentals and the stuff that sets us apart. That's kind of our version of company values, if you like. Um, but how do we get people to really understand that and, and to kind of internalize it? We want people to understand the business strategy. How do we get that to land properly? We want people to, um, you know, anytime we do a deployment of something across the business. So we've just, you know, during during the lockdown, we've, Accelerated um, Microsoft 365, and a lot of information was coming all at once. And yeah, I think the you know being able to have something fun and engaging and interactive that is your reference point rather than trying to find the manual or find the user guide or looking for looking for documents online. I think this is just a real fun way, and especially with the you know the gaming element in there and the leaderboard and and things. It's just it's just a really good way to help that knowledge really embed.
0: Yeah, I think you and I have got enough experience to know that making learning stick is probably the biggest challenge we, we ever face as, as L&D yeah. professionals. And I guess, I guess you know, that, that part of your role, certainly as an L&D professional, is to try and find an effective way to ensure those skills are remembered and applied in, in a real working environment. And if, if Memory Box is part of helping you do that, then that's fantastic. <laughs> OK, if it's OK with you, I'd, I'd love to just pick your brains for some ad- advice for other people, I guess, and things that people might find useful. So what they can learn from your mistakes, maybe, Lorraine, that's probably the way to look at that. So firstly, <laughs> um, is, is there a piece of tech or a piece of software or an app or what, what's, what can you simply not live without?
1: <laughs> so I am like the, not the most technical, um, technically minded and I think you know, one of the things I really should have done is kind of embrace technology a lot sooner in my career. Um, so I'm a little bit late to everything, but I've got to say, I don't know how I could ever now live without a search engine, the internet. Google is my best friend. Um, and, you know, I encourage so many people just to, just to, to, to go out and look for stuff yeah. um, it's all there and and you will hardly find i think anything wrong there'll be there'll be very little that's incorrect yeah. there might be some stuff that doesn't resonate with you and there might be some stuff that you just think is absolute rubbish but you will there's going to be a little nugget of something in anything that you look at and i think it just broadens your perspective so yeah, whenever somebody comes to me and says, you know, Lorraine, you know, knowing that we haven't got a lot of things established in, in Dr. Martin's from a from a learning perspective, a lot of people come and ask, you know, have you got anything on this? Or what could you suggest for, you know, how I can be more assertive in my role or how do I deal with this difficult conversation? And the the place I'm going is is online. I go and find um what what videos exist out there. I sign up to, you know, you um, TED Talk subscriptions mm. and um various other Um, services and things that I've got available and I draw on just what other people have got so I think the the life of a learning professional today is is more the curating of content than the creating of content
0: yeah yeah. I I sometimes wonder if the the best bit of training I could ever give someone you know if they said give me can you train me on this for 20 minutes and I almost want to stop and say no but let me spend 20 minutes and show you how to do a decent search on YouTube and, and how to you know um to, how to how to search through Google to get to exactly where you want to be, or or let me introduce you to Google Scholar. You know, and and yeah. that, there's such a wealth of information there. And and I'm not only just solving that one problem in that 20 minutes. I'm solving a thousand other problems you don't know you've got yet because you can now come back and find that information when you need it. Right. So yeah, totally agree and, with the curation and like, part.
1: A, like I say, I I, I was a a late starter to all of this, so I used to work in a team, and and one of the one of the guys who worked in that team was much more like on the ball with this. And it's quite a shame to say, working in the, in learning and development, I just never took that as that's that's where I need to go. That's the route that everything's going to be going down. So I was I was kind of dragged along, I guess, into into that world. So I understand why people don't think about it. It's not their first thought. It's not the natural step for people to take. Um, and it's not until you start looking that you realize what is actually out there. And there is so much out there and all we can really do is pull together some examples of stuff and say to people you might find something of interest in
0: one of these things here fantastic so based on all of that and, and all of your digging around then so do you have a favorite piece of um training advice or, or a piece of training that maybe you've done yourself that stuck with you the most so maybe, maybe it's a, a favorite training model that you go back to time and time again
1: oh i love a model um i'm a big fan of models, um, and. Kind of growing up, I guess, in in, in L&D within McDonald's, there were loads of them being thrown around in every course you went on, you heard about models. So I love an acronym. I love uh, models. There's a couple, actually, that um, I always would share with people or certainly mention um, quite often. Many of them might come from Stephen Covey and Seven Habits. Um, I love Circle of Concern, Circle of Influence. I think if you get your head around that and you accept that there are some things that are just always beyond your control, it will make your life just much simpler. Um, I love the skills wheel. Well, I call it the skills wheel. I think it's commonly referred to as the wheel of life. Um, But I've applied this into loads of different situations. It's a fantastic tool for both self-reflection, but also for coaching others. So, yeah, put anything on this wheel and mark it out of one out of naught to 10 uh, and have a discussion around it. I think that's um, it's insightful. It opens up a a whole load of discussion. Um, I think that's a fantastic tool. A lot of them, I have to say, as much as I love them, I. I don't always apply them. So the time <laughs> matrix, I think, is a fantastic tool. I just wish I was a lot better
0: at managing my own time. Well, I'll, do so. I'll put links to um, the bits that you've mentioned in the show notes. So if anybody wants to sort of dig deeper into those, um, they can absolutely do that. Okay. And finally, I think, so just to, I like to get to know you. I know you personally anyway, but getting to know, <laughs> uh, maybe for other people to get to know you a bit more personally, what would you like your legacy at Dr. Martin's to be?
1: Um,
0: oh, it's a bit deep, isn't it?
1: It is a deep question. <laughs> um, and yeah, three years in, I'm not. yeah, what, what is my legacy? I think I would really like to crack the problem of barriers to learning in somewhere. I think there is a huge appetite and enthusiasm at Dr. Martin's for learning and development. So it was great coming in and hearing that people wanted this. But there is there's, there's a difference between wanting it and and kind of accepting what's available and embracing it. So I'm still on a massive learning curve um coming into a, a business a department where we we don't have a prospectus, we don't have an LMS, we don't have technology to support what we want to do. So constantly being faced with barriers like time, you know, time in retail, how do people find the time to devote to the training that they need to do in order to get the knowledge to serve the customer as well. Um, In the office, um, I think it's a little bit more around how we help people weave in all the different bits and pieces so they can learn within their work and how they see every working opportunity as a learning opportunity. I would really love to get to a place where People are owning their own learning and development, and that they see it as it's theirs to own, and that they will never get everything that they need if they just keep looking to a learning team. So we have to get that message across more strongly to everybody across the business. If this is in your hands. We can just direct you to to what you you know where you can go and what you need, um, but you have to ask the questions. You have mm. to kind of embrace it. You have to understand that your learning and development will only happen if you choose to embrace it so so blended learning self-led learning that ownership and accountability for um recognizing that the opportunities are only there if i'm willing to take those opportunities lovely that's the that's the nut i'd like to crack i'm not quite sure i'm anywhere close to it yet
0: <laughs> it's a lovely lovely aspirational goal to have it certainly is that's for sure um and uh, finally then um what does your ultimate weekend look like oh <laughs>
1: um it probably would involve uh, a walk. It probably would involve, at the end of that walk, a pub. Um it probably would be pretty local i live in london and i've been here for 12 years but i still feel like very much a tourist i'm always exploring we um, i love wandering around the city um so yeah i think yeah definitely here um i love a holiday who doesn't but uh, and going abroad but i think ultimately yeah staying close with with good friends and food and drink on the doorstep that would be that would be fantastic
0: Well, time's a little bit against us, I'm afraid. So um, we're going to have, to have to wrap up just shortly. But if people wanted to continue the conversation with you, um, where can they contact you?
1: Yeah, I am on LinkedIn. Again, I've already proclaimed myself to not be very technical. So I, I don't spend a lot of time on there. But, yeah, I am on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um happy to take, you know, any emails dropping into my inbox or so lorraine.tom at drmartins.com. Um, yeah, come and find me and uh, and let's chat.
0: Fantastic. Lorraine, thanks again so much for your time this month. It's, I know you're really busy. <laughs> One of three. You've clearly given up half an hour, 45 minutes of your time for me. I really appreciate it. I think it's fair to say your passion for what is clearly an iconic brand you're clearly proud of that but along with your that and your desire to sort of get the best out of the people you work with that comes across really loud and clear and for goodness sake don't go changing
1: (laughs) thanks very much paul (laughs) i really enjoyed it
0: no problem at all speak to you soon mate take care bye bye now well that wraps things up for another show thanks for taking the time to listen if you've enjoyed the chat today please follow us on apple podcasts or wherever you get your shows If you'd like to find out more about how People Unboxed are helping learners stop forgetting, you can visit us at peopleunboxed.co.uk or follow us on Twitter where we're at People Unboxed. Until next time, take care of yourselves.